my name is Alexia Georgiou. Welcome to the Agile Empaths podcast, The Resilient Pathway. There's a lot of words in there, and we basically talk about how do we increase engagement and productivity, how do we integrate empathy, and create safe space for all of us to be authentic. I welcome you to our podcast. Listening to Here is a 2021 project of the Resilient Pathway. We have a workbook and an ebook available. Go to theresilientpathway.com. Today, we welcome Suzanne Jones. She is a communication specialist. Part of her master's thesis was composing a framework for communication. Look in the description area for this podcast episode and you will find a link to download her ebook as a gift. She has given permission for open source, meaning you can share this with everyone. And her contact information is in the little ebook. Our focus today is on empathy and our political climate. I am more on the conservative end. Suzanne is very progressive. She's worked with Occupy Wall Street. So just think of the stereotypes that went through your mind when I described both of us. And how can we collaboratively talk about our climate and how to integrate empathy? Stay tuned. listen to one another and used empathy, we wouldn't have the conflict that we have in the world and the riots. We probably wouldn't in the first place. Yeah. Because people would are rioting because they're fed up that their needs are not being heard. Not only are they not being met in many cases, they're not even being heard in many cases and nothing upsets people more in my experience is that when they feel like they're just not even being heard, not even being taken seriously. So if you were speaking to the president for an initiative on listening, uh, what would that look like? Because I think we're all right now wondering what's the solution to the current climate that we have in our country. The political climate? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I had an interesting thought yesterday uh, after watching Biden, watching some excerpts of what Biden's been saying uh, since the um, the inauguration, I guess. And he is taking a what I would call a power over stance. He's wanting to fulfill the paradigm that we're accustomed to living in and show that he is strong. He will not be ignored. He will not let things happen that he doesn't think are valuable. And that's, that's great, you know, that he isn't going to. But if I were to have a chance to sit down and talk with him, I would suggest that he take a different tack. 
that he wouldn't use the tone of voice like, you know, I am going to do this and you're not going to stop me. No one's going to stop me. You know, the other party or no one to take a different stance and just say, you know, I'm really understanding that I have very different goals than some people in the opposite party, the party that did not vote for me. <laughs> but I really do understand that these are different goals. And some of what we are arguing about is dangerous. You know, it can lead to danger when there's rioting and people getting hurt. And we're in a time that's, that's very stressful for everyone right now with the virus. And people are needing to be heard. They're, they're really wanting the politicians, their representatives to know that their needs are being heard. And I'm, I want to do that too. You know, there are going to be times when I'm going to have to uh, make policy that isn't going to be popular with everyone. But I am going to do my best to hear both sides at all times before I make policy. Well, isn't that how the US government is structured with checks and balances? So we don't have a dictator. So we're hearing the different viewpoints. How, yeah. Yeah. And are the lawmakers actually listening <laughs> to one another or are they fighting? But that just went that's to my mind. Point. Yeah. yeah, that's the point. So um, I wrote another book called Expressing Feelings and Needs in the Workplace and in Organizations. And I actually plan on sending that book to every a uh, congressperson seems things settle down a little bit because uh, it really talks about the things that we're talking about on these videos, really connecting, really hearing one another, letting that other person know that you are hearing them. It, because just doing that alone, maybe it sounds simple, simplistic in, in words, but I think we all know that when we actually do it, it really does shift the energy of every communication. And so instead of continuing the, okay, I'm the one in power now, so I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. This would be with the president, with the Congress people, with the you know, Republicans versus the Democrats. Okay, we've got the power now. We're going to you know, push for what we want. Too bad if you don't like it. <laughs> you know? If there actually were you know, sitting down and really hearing one another. And my understanding, you know, I'm going on 70 years old soon. And that's, that used to be a lot more that way. And a lot of people left their long held seats in Congress in the last several years, because that had changed. It wasn't happening anymore, that atmosphere. And they said, I can't work. You know, I just saw another one left just a, a day or two ago, and he said, it's just too hard to legislate. And so that the reason it's too hard to legislate is instead of really hearing one another out and looking for a way to meet everyone's needs, you know, they're just taking a, a stance on a strategy and in, empowering and saying, okay, we've got the power now, so we're going to do it. You know, okay, well, we're going to, we're going to, bring some of those people from the other party over on our side and we're going to do it. And it's so funny because we're all sitting there watching him do it. And we see that it's not 
it's not working. But I wonder how, how often we understand what it is, the underlying thing that's wrong here, that's making it not work. And that's because nobody's really listening. And by listening, I mean really taking in what the other person is saying, feeding back to them what we're hearing them say. Having a conversation back and forth like this for a while. With no no person saying no, okay, fine. But I that's impossible. That's not gonna happen ever. Or yeah, but I'm the one with the power. <laughs> and we do this in relationships. We do this with our children. We do this with our students, you know, we do the same thing. I call it power over versus power with, where we're really hearing one another. And we're trying to find a solution that's going to hopefully organically rise because we're really hearing one another, a solution that's going to work for both of us or all of us. So we have half the country that's just alienated now from our president and all of these executive orders. And isn't feeling hurt. And it, I mean, and I'm not saying anything critical because our previous president, it was the same. It's just the mentality somehow has changed in leadership. And if we could see the most powerful man in the world in this position, practice empathetic listening then a social norm would be created that this is how we do it. I just wonder to what extent our lawmakers see that as weakness. Um, or even because I know as the citizens, we feel very threatened uh, just by listening. You know, that listening may mean agreement. Listening does not mean agreement. Empathy does not mean agreement. It just means that, okay, I heard you. Mm. Yes. And this is what I can or I'm willing to do about it. And this is what I can and I'm not willing to do about it because I do have the power. Okay. And mm. having the power means hearing everyone and making the decision that's the best for everyone. And I've heard our president say, I'm here to advocate for everyone, whether you voted for me or not. And that's the way to govern. That's excellent. However, I don't think half the country is feeling heard with all of these um, orders that are coming out because it, that's what it is. It's this is what I'm changing. This is what it's going to be. And I have to admit some of it I really like. I'm like, yes, but that that's not our point right now. It's, it's, what's going to happen to our country and will there be continued um, unrest among the people and anger? Yeah. Yes. I think of it. If they stay in this power over stance, all, any of the politicians or most of them, we, we're not going to change much. It's just going to be, you know, now the other party's got the power supposedly. I say supposedly because it is a very narrow, you know, margin of power. Um, the person that I, you know, one of my favorite teachers, Marshall Rosenberg, um, said, never give in, never give up, and never compromise. 
And when people first hear that, they always say the same thing. What? <laughs> that's, that's, you know, compromise is really important. Compromise is, is the way we solve problems, you know? And, um, but what he's, say, what he's saying is, if you compromise, you're giving up on part of your need. And it might work short term, it often does not work long-term because you've given up on, on part of your need. And so he says, stay in dialogue, stay in an empathic dialogue long enough to really hear one another out and, and work this through by staying in this empathic dialogue. Because it is amazing. I have experienced so many times a solution coming out of nowhere that meets every, you know, everybody's needs to the point where they're like, okay, we can do this easily. When people started out completely at odds with one another. Because as a, a facilitator, or you can call me a mediator as well, I am the one sitting there keeping them listening to one another. That's my job, not to do anything really, not to make decisions for people, but to keep there and coach them to stay listening to one another and to empathize with one another, you know, not just listening to the words and then, and then immediately putting their thing on the table. And people find this hard to do they, because they're afraid it won't work. In fact, a lot of people are afraid it won't work. And some people are just so riled up that they absolutely want to just say their piece um, I was doing some mediations in the, during the Occupy movement, and there was a woman who came onto the call, and she just immediately took over and started, you know, giving her speech about what was wrong and what needed to be done according to her, and she was very angry, and it went on for quite a while, and so we ended up having a second meeting, and I was put in charge of that meeting. I was asked to be the facilitator, and so I said... So the first thing I want us to do is whenever anybody speaks, I want the next person to feed back what they heard that person say before they speak. And so that, that woman showed up for that meeting and it wasn't long before she dropped off the call because she couldn't just say whatever she wanted to say, whether anybody heard her and, you know, she wasn't looking to connect. She was just looking to have the power to, you know, change people, say what, how it has to be. So about a month later, I was facilitating another call. And by now I recognized her name. And so it came up on the, on the board, the dashboard. And I thought, oh, interesting. She was here again. And as soon as she realized I was the facilitator, she left the call. Um. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> She just um, really did not want to communicate with people. That's not what she was there for. And you can actually, if you've got some experience, you can actually reach people like that. But it is a lot more difficult. Yeah. So when we use the word empathy, I want to make sure that we're not assuming everybody understands this. And I recently researched the different kinds of listening. And this author said, empathetic listening is what therapists are trained to do. 
And so I thought that's interesting. Uh, we need our whole society using empathy and being trained in it. So mm -hmm. defining empathy means I'm going to listen to your perspective, your feelings. I'm going to avoid judging you. I'm not going to bring in my thoughts and I'm going to reflect on you what you are saying and feeling. And I'm not going to say something like dismissing, like, oh, it could be worse. Um, or only if you had to kind to blame you, uh, which those are things we've all heard in response when we're sharing. Um, in the South, people say, bless your heart. Uh, I think it's very patronizing. Um, and I, I think people do it, they do not intend. People give advice because they want to help. They say these things because they truly believe that they're going to help with that situation. Uh, and maybe it's our own discomfort with the pain that we're hearing to try to alleviate some of that so we even feel better hearing what's being said. I know I've said some of those things. I'm not here to blame anyone because we're all here to learn. Uh, but empathy, when we really understand what it is and are intentional to practice it, it works, it disarms. So can you speak a little bit more about empathy and what empathetic listening is? Mm -hmm. So it's interesting, um, Carl, Dr. Carl Rogers, he was teaching back in the, the 50s, I guess, uh, he was quite popular at that time. And he was introducing the idea of empathy in the psychological literature, you know, to psychologists. And what he was doing was a very big, uh, difference between what had come before. You know, the whole science of psychology is not that old, relatively speaking. And so mainly the approach was um, the expert, the person who had really studied the field, um, listened and, and often gave advice and suggested what might be going wrong and then suggested how to fix it. And um, then... Carl Rogers came along and he discovered by listening to his clients that what they really wanted was just to be heard, <laughs> that many of them had not really been heard very much, you know, in their life. And this is really true with children, you know, children are so often not heard because everybody's just, all the adults are just trying to get it to work, you know, get the household going, get everybody to bed, uh, give everybody a bath, um, <laughs> you know, get the school, get them to school on time and uh, get them to learn what they're supposed to learn in the time they're supposed to learn it. And um, so, you know, they kind of forget to listen to what the children are needing. So <clears throat> this was a big difference and it created a lot of, you know, questions with people. Can you really, you're just going to listen. And he, I've seen some videos of him that it's really amazing. The people he's talking to, he's simply just feeding back to them what he's hearing them say, adding very few words of his own, you know, and they just work it through for themselves. You know, that one thought leads to another and, and leads one realization leads to another. And he's just there as a support person you know, an emotional support person. And this is what we can do for one another, all of us, but we've never been trained to do this. Mm. We've been trained to 
make judgments, analyze the situation, reassure reassure them, the other person, um, you know, uh, tell them a story about yourself, proving that, well, you know, look at how hard I had it. Don't worry, it's not so bad or, you know, and 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 people are not feeling heard. We're not feeling heard by one another. And so my experience with this over now 27 years is that when people feel heard, everything shifts. The whole energy of the, the dynamics between the people shift. It softens, everyone softens. Sometimes tears come up. Um, compassion rises, you know, <laughs> because we're really hearing this other human being and we're really seeing that just like us, they just trying to get their needs met. And one of their main needs is to be heard. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm noticing that um, in my own life coaching practice to be very intentional to say, okay, we're taking this course of action to communicate uh, these need for skills building because we're here to help. You know, our intent is to, we want to see you succeed. And there are some barriers right now, and we want to help you remove the barriers. And so we're being very direct, and it may feel uncomfortable, and it is to help you succeed and even feel better about your life. Um, And I'm thinking it in my mind. I know that's my intention, but without saying it, how does the other person understand that that's why I'm doing what I'm doing uh, with the... Mm -hmm direction that I'm taking. Um, and of course, I mean, that happens the longer you work with someone, the more direct you can be. But I'm reminding myself, continue to say the intention. People need to hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is important to express your intention. And um, one thing that I would think differently about that is that Really, the intention is to make connection with them so that they really feel heard. Um, people are willing to, to let therapists help them, help them and, you know, even fix them. But an even deeper way to do it is to just do it, you know, to just empathize with them. To say my you know, my intention is to, uh, to really listen to you and and hear what you need and let's you know let's work through that and then just do it you know because once you're once you are empathizing with that person and really hearing them it is amazing what happens they really appreciate it so much they feel so grateful you know uh, almost every day well probably not every day but quite often people say to me you have changed my life by just listening to me by just empathizing with me I feel so safe around you because they know that they can say anything and I'm not going to judge or analyze you know being with you listening working with you over this time has just changed the way I I talk to my husband you know 
the way I handle my, my teacher, the teacher for my children, the way I talk to them. And I hear this so often. And all, I, know, I know that all I'm really doing is listening, <laughs> really listening and really feeding back to them what I'm hearing them say so that they do feel heard and understood. Right. So that's that simple and it's, and it's hard to do because we're not trained to do it. <laughs> yes. Yes. And so what goes through my mind hearing that um, is at times as professionals, we think we know what other people need more than they do. And so definitely there's wisdom to step back and listen. And many times people don't know what they need. They haven't been asked that before. They're not used to saying it. And it really throws off the conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I have some lists of feelings and of needs that I always give to people just for that reason that you're saying. Most of us uh, do not really are not able to articulate our feelings most of the time or are not able to identify our needs most of the time. And it's not that we don't uh, know them or we certainly recognize them when they are identified because we do feel all of these things. We've just been trained not to talk about it, not to share it and certainly not to share back and forth. I mean, that is just so touchy feely. And even in our new age world, it's still hard for people because they're just not very experienced. I know when I was in therapy, um, that one of the scariest moments of my life was the first time I just broke down in somebody else's arms and sobbed. It was terrifying. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> all my life I'd been told, don't cry, don't cry. You don't need to cry about that. <laughs> and you found it very healing to be able to cry. Yes. Oh, I love to cry now. <laughs> I wait for the tears to come. You know, if you're, you're carrying it around in your chest and oh, everything feels heavy and, you know, something has happened, but you're too busy to actually even address it, or get in touch with it. And that's a terrible feeling. And, and carrying around that feeling for too long throws me off center. And then I am less likely to really be able to listen to another person. So when the tears start, I'm happy, <laughs> you know, with me or the other person. That's interesting what you just said, Suzanne. You were talking about taking care of our own process first and being able to experience what we're needing and get that need met before we can listen, really listen to someone else and hear what they're saying. Yeah. And we do. We get so busy that we ignore it and then it even affects us physically mm-hmm. we, then we go and we get on medication i'm a big like I, I i believe in doctors and medication but it could have been prevented and we really don't realize that's hard to measure how much of it could have been prevented if we had just listened to our own body and met that need our own soul and, and met that need yeah Yes, definitely true. Well, I thank you for your insight today for sharing. You're welcome.
My name is Alexia Georgiou. I'm a life coach with The Resilient Pathway. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear your thoughts and comments. Drop us an email, alexia at theresilientpathway.com. That's A-L-E-X-I-A at theresilientpathway.com. Visit our site. We have great resources and check out our events.